0: Hello, and welcome to Word of Truth Podcast. Our mission is to shine the light of biblical truth on the questions of life, hosted by Stephen Brown and Stone Anderson. Enjoy the show.
1: Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. them through thy truth, thy word is true, yeah, word of
0: truth. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Word of Truth podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think I added a the in there that wasn't supposed to be in there. I am your co-host, Don Anderson, and I'm here with Stephen Brown. Hello. So, I'm going to go ahead and read Genesis 2, chapter 9. Genesis, I'm, ti- I'm tired. <laughs> Genesis 2. Uh, you need more coffee. I'm on my third cup. <laughs> Genesis 2, verse 9. Uh, and what else? Verse
1: 9, verse what, and verse 16 what? and 17. All right. So. He's going to jump them, Jump in that order. nine, sixteen, seventeen. Because we're just trying to get the verses about the tree of knowledge, not the verses about the rivers coming out of Eden.
0: Yeah. Genesis 2, verse 9. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Let's get down to 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou should that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die first three verses about the
1: tree you know we just want we picked those three verses three minutes ago to set the stage for this podcast for this discussion But I'm back up a little bit because we were talking about this earlier when we were sitting there at the dinner table. Um, Philosophy. Yeah, we were talking about some famous philosophers. Unfortunately, the world favors the atheistic philosophers. They're the only people. Well, they're not the only. There's there's a lot of famous Christian philosophers. But in this day and age, if you're a Christian and a philosopher, they want to shut you up. Nevertheless, what I'm getting at is this. The first three chapters of Genesis, man, is... All philosophy of the world of every man is essentially rooted right there. Yeah,
0: where the, the how everything was created, uh, the creation of man, consciousness, soul. Uh, you know, even the creation of women. Uh, how evil came into the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fall of man.
1: The fall so, of man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, even the promise of a savior, Genesis three.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I forgot about that.
1: Um, yeah, You have the introduction In the beginning God right Off the bat Presupposes God God exists God created Then we have the introduction Of Satan In Genesis chapter 3 Sin Fall of man Even Clothing Is mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Introduced there In Genesis 3 The first three. death The cursed creation briars and yeah first death all of the philosophy of man who am i why am i here who made me where am i going what's my purpose is there a god is there not a god why does evil exist why suffering exists where you can read the
0: first three chapters in genesis and every one of them questions are answered i never thought about that that's actually really amazing it's
1: there man god started off with the most important things that matter to people First three chapters, right there it is. Now, the problem is people don't accept it when they read it, and in comes all of the philosophical workings and stuff of the minds of men, which is partly what we're going to talk about tonight. Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil. It brings so many questions to mind. Have you ever asked any questions in your own mind about the Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil?
0: I think I have before. When I was younger, I would ask, if God knows everything and he knew men would sin, why would he put the garden or the tree in the garden? Which, I mean, now that I'm older, it makes sense. If he didn't put the tree, if he didn't give us the choice to sin, there wouldn't be free will. We would be zombies. Yeah,
1: well, that's all right. So let's back up because this is the heart of philosophy of all. Man, uh, what do you say about someone who might say, well, there is no free will?
0: You know, a lot of people say that. But how would they? How would they not be? Well, that's a good question. <laughs>
1: Maybe, you know, I'm not going to defend. I believe that there is a free will. Okay, but, uh, well, all of the, well, I don't. I'm not. But they say there's
0: not a free will because they weren't because they were born into sin. Well, they can say
1: that after the fall, can't they? But can they say that of Adam and Eve in the garden? Adam and Eve had free will They surely they did if well let's just i mean we're let's, we're engaging in philosophy right here between you and i if eve didn't have a truly free choice to make we don't mean free of consequences we don't mean even free of you know satan was encouraging her to make a certain choice there was a perhaps temptation there but she could she could freely choose one or the other if she couldn't freely choose that it wasn't free will well I'm saying what does that I mean what what does that do to God Uh, well does foreknowledge equal predestination what I'm saying is just because God knows something is going to happen does that mean that he's the one making it happen
0: I've honestly thought about that a lot. And it's, all, it's almost kind of confusing because it feels like <laughs> if he knows, well, then people ask, well, then why didn't he just create the people who are going to go to heaven? And then the people who were not going to go to heaven, he just not create them. But then it goes right back into, well, that takes out free will again.
1: Yeah. And then that also goes into, well, what if the people that are going to go to heaven are only going to heaven because of. Parts of their life that were changed by people that are not going to go to heaven. And so the people that are not going to go to heaven are necessary to exist for the benefit of those that will end up in heaven. And you end up with a gigantic mess. I mean, that's really what it ends up with. I talk about this all the time because, well, in the Christian world, the majority of people that don't believe in free will fall under a category of Calvinism. Some will just say they're not Calvinists, but they have reformed theology. That's what they'll say. And, again, just like all philosophies are rooted in the first three chapters of Genesis, Calvinism is rooted in the first three chapters of Genesis. And what Calvinists would call Arminians, I mean, people that believe in free will, they would say that's also rooted in the first three chapters of Genesis. And so I'm putting you on the spot because you had no idea I was going to do that. But if you're going to talk about the tree of knowledge of good and evil... A huge part of that conversation is going to revolve around free will. I personally think free will had to be a necessary feature of the Garden of Eden. In other words, Adam and Eve had to have the real ability to choose. Because in my mind, if it was God predestined her to eat of that tree, then God's not just. He made her do it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He made her do it. In my mind, also, free will is a necessary feature of Adam and Eve. In that, if they don't, if they can't freely choose to love God, then it ain't love. It's yeah, robots. So
0: yeah, yeah, it's like if someone made a man a mechanical wife, and she just kind of like did everything based off a program. It's not love. It's just a program. You know, making us coffee in the morning is just a machine. It's not someone who loves him enough to get out of bed before he doesn't go make his coffee and bring it to him. Yeah. It's yeah. its like
1: they got a little string out of their back and a ring on it, and you want to hear him say, I love you. And so you pull the thing, and they're like, I love you, I love you. I love, you know what I'm saying? you No, they don't love you. Mm-hmm. You pulled the string on their back. You programmed them to say that. And that's how I, I mean, I'm not, I, 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 let me just say this too. I have three sort of favorite preachers of all time. Two of them are Calvinists. I hate it when they start talking about their predestination tulip Calvinism. However, I do love these men, and I believe with all of my heart that they're going to heaven. I mean, I really do. In fact, I probably believe it more so of them than I do myself sometimes because they're just good men. When it comes to the Calvinism stuff, I don't agree with them, so I'm not trying to throw any Calvinists into hell or under the bus or say they're all, you know. I, I don't think it's right. But anyway, it has to come into the conversation. To me, if there's no free will, then man in the garden. Now, after the fall, man don't love God. You didn't love God, and because of your love for God, you came to God and wanted to be saved so you could be closer to God. No, you loved sin more than you loved God. And it's the actions of God convicting your heart and showing you your error of your ways and all of those things and showing you your need of a savior. It's the grace of God working in you that ever brings a man to God. And so I agree with them on that to that extent that without the grace of God, none of us would ever come to God after Mm -hmm. the fall of man. We're born into sin. And, but with Adam and Eve, we've got to be careful. You know, they, they had the option to truly freely love and obey. Don't, I mean, do you, are you thinking about what? If you want to say, I don't know about that, or what do you think about this, that's fine. No, I was just, just thinking about it as you talked. Yeah, well, so that's one issue with the tree of knowledge of good and evil. To me, it's a, it's a necessary part of our story, of our, of our history, of the Bible, of the justice of God. Was the tree itself bad? What do you think about that?
0: Have you ever thought about well what, I, mean, I hadn't actually never thought about that. But I would say no. I mean, why would it be? It's just, it's just a tree. It's just a tree. Mean, it was. Yeah. God could have said,
1: of all of the fountains of water thou mayest freely drink, but of the fountain of the knowledge of good and evil, and you may not drink of it. He could have said, of all of the hills of the garden thou mayest freely climb, but of that hill over there thou shalt not climb it. It could have been anything, and that's important to know because God didn't actually put any physically wicked or evil or sinful thing in the garden. It wasn't the atoms and molecules and nutrients of the
0: fruit that changed them. It was the heart, the disobedience.
1: That's the point.
0: So you're saying it wasn't the fruit that changed them and gave them, like the fruit had power that gave them to them. It was that they disobeyed, then they understood Yes, the disobedience preceded the
1: digestion, if we can say it that way. The digesting the fruit did nothing. It was the heart in this moment where, the, where Satan is tempting you. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's, as the Bible says. She says, oh, seeing this is a tree, we didn't read this, but it's there. She says, it's pleasant to the eyes. Oh, it's desirable to make one wise. She's believing the lie. And it's good for food, so lust of the flesh. Oh, it's good to the flesh. It's good for food. Oh, it's pleasant to the eyes. It's That's lust of the eyes. Oh, it's desirable to make one wise. Oh, I would be lifted up with pride. Oh, I'd be smarter. Oh, I'd be wiser. All this kind of stuff is appealing to her. That, when she acted on that, is the moment when she, before she ever even took the bite, I'm saying. When she, when she, And her mind decided, I'm going to take a bite. That was when the fall happened. Well, in reality, it was when Adam Mm -hmm. allowed that to happen. Him standing there watching. And then he also took a bite, too. And it's like we were talking about earlier. You know, people, people say, you're telling me the whole fall of man and all of this was over one little... They took a bite of a fruit? Isn't that, you know, isn't God... Like harsh, a little bit harsh. It's like we said in the past podcast, it wasn't just that he took a bite of fruit. He disobeyed God, but it wasn't even just that he disobeyed God. He already knew man shall leave father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they two shall be one flesh. He already knew me and Eve is going to have children. She knew she was going to, he said her name shall be called Eve, for she is the mother of all living. They already knew their position on earth, and what I'm saying is. When Eve took a bite of that fruit in a way she was sacrificing her own children for the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. She she knew she was risking something that was promised to her. She was trading that for this is what I'm saying. And Adam, he was he was sort of trading a promise of paradise for what he might be missing out on in this, you know, this promise of the devil or whatever. Well, it goes really deep. I'm just saying, anytime you disobey God, it's a huge sin. And all disobedience to God is always a sort of, well, it always is a bigger cost than what people count. Like, you never think of it necessarily, but when you're choosing to sin and disobedience to God you're also choosing to neglect the well-being of others. You're choosing to just bring more sin into the world, so to speak. You're choosing to possibly harm your wife or your children. And I don't mean directly. I mean indirectly. You know, every time a man commits adultery and cheats on his wife, he has already chosen to, I'll lose my whole family if I have to, just to be with that woman for five minutes. Now, he's not He's not going to acknowledge that. He's not going to look at it that way. But that's the reality of it. Every sin. The man has made huge choices and huge consequences that he just willfully overlooks. He don't want to think about that because he wants to go on with his sin, and that's what happened with them two. Philosophy question for you. Why is it called the tree of knowledge of good and evil?
0: Because if you eat of it, you get knowledge of good and evil. In what way? I don't know. I just kind of always thought they'd go from having more of innocent, childlike understanding to now they can... I don't know. I've actually never thought about that. <laughs> i th- I tried to think of questions for this, and I got like three. Well,
1: you ask me your questions, and we'll come back to that one.
0: Uh, What would have happened if Adam and Eve never sinned? Or was that impossible and they were predestined to sin?
1: I don't believe that they were predestined to sin. But I do believe that before God ever made Adam, he knew he would sin. I also believe that God in all of his knowledge knew the same thing that you know. And if he's ever going to let Adam experience real love, and if God is ever going to feel true love back from the man, then he has to give the man an actual choice to love or not to love. And that choice was expressed in that tree. God did every possible thing to show Adam his I-loved-you-before-you-existed kind of love. Mm -hmm. I mean, he made for Adam the most beautiful planet in the universe and put him on it and gave, literally gave him the planet. I mean, that's what he told him. This earth is for you. You have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. And God brought animals, raised them up out of the ground, and brought them to Adam. said, Here, name these. You can have it. I've made all of this for you. God planted a garden. Not Adam. God planted a garden eastward in Eden and put the man there. Adam, come look at this garden I have made. A beautiful garden. It said he filled the garden with trees that are pleasant to the sight and good for food. We can only imagine the beauty. Of this garden. I mean, there's nothing on earth currently. The earth is still, this fallen world is still the most beautiful place in the universe. And it pales in comparison to what Adam's seen. And so all I'm saying is God done every possible, conceivable, imaginable thing to say to Adam. Adam, you're my son and I love you. You know Adam's called the son of God. Did you know that? Luke chapter 3. Yeah, Luke chapter 3.
0: I might of known no, that. I'm not sure.
1: Adam is called the Son of God. Not the Son of God in the same sense of the eternal Son of God, Jesus Christ, but Adam was the first created Son of God. And so God done every possible conceivable thing that you could imagine to show Adam, I love you. But for God to ever actually get that back, I'm just saying the tree of knowledge of good and evil was a necessary feature. However, God knows the end from the beginning. And he knows that as soon as he gives Adam this choice, in his foreknowledge, he already knows Adam's not going to make the right choice. And that's why it says Jesus Christ was slain from before the foundation of the world, before the earth even existed. In the mind of God, Christ had already died for Adam. I'm not saying he literally had. But, but God the, knows it and from the beginning, so he knew. The plan of salvation was already there, too, because God's like, hey, I'm going to make Adam. I want to make man. I want to make a man in my own image that I can fellowship with. And when I say I here, I talk talking about God. I'm talking about the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. All wanted to make Adam. Make Adam and Eve. Make man. But... For him to really know that we love him and for him to love us back, we have to have a free will device here. For him to know, how is he ever going to know that we actually gave him a choice? Well, we have, to get, we have to show him that we gave him a choice. Put a tree in the garden. But when we put the tree in the garden and show him that he has a choice... He's not really, really, really going to know that he has a choice until he takes it from the fruit of the tree. He'll always wonder, did I really have a choice? So he's going to take it. We just know him. He's going to take it. Well, now we got to save him from his sin, and so I'm going to have to go and die. The whole plan, I'm saying, was already there. But if Adam
0: would not have taken... Somebody else down the line surely would have. Probably. (laughs) Probably. I just don't see 6,000 years of people in the garden and not one of them says i'll try it because satan would have been busy i mean oh yeah
1: that brings another question that's but we'll save that all right that was your first question what would have happened if adam never would have ate of it well the command had already been given be fruitful and multiply actually the command had not been given be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth but the statement had already been given that your husband would leave father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two mm-hmm. would be one flesh, which means the whole concept of children and family was there before the fall ever happened. So uh, there would have been more people. Eventually, somebody would have got it, Would have messed up. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Uh, on the Internet, a lot of people were asking, like, type it in Google Tree of Knowledge and go down to what people are asking. And there was a bunch of questions on is, it, is the tree of knowledge of good and evil a metaphor for anything? Did the did the apple represent something? No. It was a literal tree.
1: It was a literal... It, it's all a metaphor in a literal form, which is not really a metaphor. So let me back up. It's not a metaphor. There's a difference between a metaphor and an allegory and all of these other... Th- hyperbole, all these other types of figures of speech or whatever. It was taking of the fruit did represent something else. It represented disobedience to God. But was there an actual tree with fruit there? Yes. A literal tree. The people that are asking that kind of question, here's what they're actually trying to get to. There wasn't even really a tree in their mind. This is just a story that sort of gives us a backdrop of how sin came into being there was no talking serpent No, 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 that ever really happened this is sort of a parable to teach us a life lesson and that's that couldn't be further from the truth there was a real garden with a real tree and a real man and a real woman and a real choice a choice of almost unquantifiable consequences but a real
0: choice no no that's there's you know there's a theory I mean, like, out there go ahead <clears throat> it just makes more sense that it's all literal i mean it's literal dude the people probably asking these questions are the ones who hear that the, the bible is it's all metaphors and that it's all poetry and it's nothing of this really happened like moses part in red sea was just representing something else and Yeah, They just don't want to believe it's what it boils down to. This guy that's going to say,
1: you mean you believe there was a talking snake in a garden? I'm like, yeah. And he thinks, oh, that's so stupid. That's so ridiculous. Well, first of all, let's say it this way. It was a communicating snake. The snake didn't walk up and speak English. We don't know what language it spoke. We don't even know if it spoke a language in the sense that we know of language, but the snake communicated to her everything that it said. The serpent and the... It wasn't actually really even a snake. I'm saying that wrong. It was a serpent, and there's a difference in the Bible between a serpent and a snake. My point is just this. This guy, this atheist guy, will say, You mean you believe in a talking snake? I'm like, yeah. He says, Oh, you're an idiot. Then you turn around and find out he believes... That there's a reptilian race on some other planet out there flying aircraft around and coming to Earth and communicating, talking, talking reptiles from other planets. And he don't think that's weird. (coughs) You see what I'm saying? That's like a, a double standard.
0: Yeah, except for his is more unbelievable than ours. Exactly.
1: He don't, he don't just believe in one talking serpent. He believes in a whole race of talking serpents that have built aircraft and they fly back to Earth and talk to people. But I'm crazy for thinking there was one in the garden. Well, okay, so maybe he don't think that they're giant reptiles. He thinks there's these you know, people out on some other, not people, but intelligent life forms on, in some other galaxy with heads that look like squids and stuff, and they're all communicating with each other, and one day there's going to be a galactic federation, and...
0: Sounds more like he's, It sounds like he's been watching too much Star Trek, <laughs> Star Wars.
1: Yeah. For me to have a serpent before the fall talking is really cool because what if that means that animals in heaven could talk? Because there will be animals in heaven. Not that they had souls and got to heaven in the, by the redemption of Christ. Not that. But th- they are created again because animals are... Uh, a real joy to people. They're entertaining. They're pleasant. They're People love animals. God made us to love animals. And then we read hints of animals in the... Yeah, new, lion
0: will lay with the, the... Wolf will lay with the lamb. Yeah, the wolf will lay with the lamb. Mm. Uh, the... What was it? The child will put his hand on a nest of adders or something? Yeah, basically. Uh, poisonous vipers will not but be poisonous snakes. vipers. Snakes. Yeah. I saw, I, people, like, people literally think snakes are even. I'm like, there's going to be snakes in the afterlife, son. <laughs> and they're like... No, there's not. And I'm yeah. like no, I got proof. Yeah, very
1: snakes that are in this world very poisonous. No poison. Uh so it's interesting though. What if animals do communicate with people? I'm not saying they speak English, but what if animals do communicate with people in heaven? That would honestly what be What if before the fall Adam could look at a mule or an elephant or whatever and psychologically be like, Come over here and the animal just come to him? I don't know. I mean I'm
0: totally speculating. But hey, we'll, 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 well, I think we'll have supernatural abilities in heaven. I mean, we can't die.
1: That's yeah, you're not going to die. So, no, I mean, not even
0: not not only not die, but not <laughs> the word not perish doesn't
1: only mean not die. It means not even
0: age. So the second law of thermodynamics doesn't that work. Doesn't in heaven. work in heaven. No. no. So and not to mention, there's no telling if we can fly and do all kinds of stuff. Talk, i don't know talking about i really don't
1: know it'd be interesting mm-hmm. I, but i mean i'm not outside to me the idea of being able to communicate with animals in heaven is not outside of the realm of possibility even a donkey talked in the old testament because now uh, god made it talk but possibly uh well like the movie avatar never seen you never seen that well basically in the movie avatar people can communicate with these animals through their minds not that they're actually talking to one another but somehow concepts interchange anyway Mm -hmm. who knows that's 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 probably a very bizarre thought to some people but to me it's not outside of the realm of possibility thought we're probably getting a little off subject yeah getting off subject the okay any any other questions i think you only asked two so
0: far if I think of any anymore, I'll come back to it. You asked me the question, I don't remember what it was. So. I
1: asked you, why is it called the tree of knowledge of good and evil? And you said, because eating it gives them the tree of knowledge, or gives them the knowledge of good and evil. And I said, how so?
0: What was the how so again? I was How
1: did, did Adam or Eve partaking of this tree give them any knowledge? I ask this question because I think some people have a faulty concept.
0: Well, tell me the faulty concept.
1: Some people believe that the actual act of eating the fruit imparted to them knowledge.
0: You mean the knowledge of right and wrong? Or any, any, any type of
1: knowledge. They actually believe that, whereas, you know, we eat an apple today, which, by the way, the fruit most likely wasn't an apple. We have no idea what it was. Some people speculate a grape. Um... Sort of the theory is well, the, the contents of an apple today is this you know, fibrous material, flavor, nutrients, or whatever. They're thinking, oh, the content of that apple was little bits of data, and that when they ate it, the apple itself actually sort of imported
0: into their mind knowledge. That's well, that, what people that think. Kind of sounds ridiculous, but I don't know how it would I, I don't know even, I don't know a better theory.
1: Well, to me, the, it was just a fruit, just
0: like any other fruit. It was just the act itself. That yes. the disobedience itself is maybe like whenever you sin, it brings guilt upon you. Yes. Whenever they did that, it brought the knowledge of like now it was just okay. Now this is what it. To to me, there's a lot of philosophical things that could be talked about for literally
1: days. Okay, what I'm going to say, what I'm trying to get at right now with this this specific point is that it brought the knowledge of good and evil in this sense. It brought the ability to distinguish in a way to, well, it's like, You don't really know how good you got it until you got it bad. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really have the knowledge of good. They had it really, really, really good, but they didn't know how good they had it until afterwards. And then they stopped until they look back and then they're like, oh man, now we got it really, really evil. Well, now we got it terrible. And, you know, they could look back at the days of the garden. And I'm sure for the next 900 and whatever years of Adam's life, he looked back at the days of the Garden of Eden when it was like, boy, I had it good. Oh man, I had it so good, and he he got the knowledge of evil is what really happened there. Because he had never experienced any evil, he had never experienced pain, shame, suffering in any way. That does make that makes pretty good sense. Yeah, and by getting a knowledge of evil, he experienced it, he felt it. Oh, he had never felt this before. It was that also simultaneously imparted to him a realization of how good he really had it. Now,
0: it probably also. Because it it probably also made him realize, too, how much he actually needed a Savior Mm -hmm. from, even though, a Savior from the world. Because we look back and we see how we need to accept Jesus. Now he sees the need for a Savior in the future. because Mm -hmm. It immediately
1: taught him how good God really had been to him and how much he really needed God. Because now he's cast out from God. And so it taught him. He learned a lot of things. My point was just he didn't actually learn any of it from the contents of the fruit. Yeah. The, the fruit itself, chewing it, swallowing it, didn't give him anything. The act of disobedience brought upon him instant shame. We 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 then immediately, oh, he's hiding behind a tree. He's ashamed of himself. He he is he's hiding from God. Immediately he hides from God. That's his natural instinct there. And there's a lot of philosophy on how would man have come to the knowledge of good and evil without going that route. And I think there's a possibility for that, too. However, that was the route man chose. What I'm saying is, what would have happened if Adam and Eve would have resisted temptation and said, No, we're not going to eat of that. We're just going to trust God. God could have revealed to them, Oh, this is. I'm so glad you chose to trust me. Now let me show you everything you just avoided. Let me show you what would have happened if you would have listened to the devil and the sort of future would have been able to flash before Adam's mind and he would have seen the world decaying away and Black Lives Matter and riots in the streets (laughs) and how the whole thing would come to an end and Antifa and oh, and then he would be like, oh,
0: I'm I'm glad I
1: trusted you on this and I'll always trust you. So he could have come to that knowledge from the Like we
0: said, someone else would have done it. Someone else probably would have done it, yeah. Well, they would have. That's just all there is to it. Yeah, because humans are humans. Yeah.
1: And when we study the Bible, I really have come to realize, man, is you're still faced with the choice when you read about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You're faced with the same choice Adam had. Are you going to trust God or not? I mean, I'm dead serious. Everyone who reads that, they want to say, why did God put that tree there? (laughs) Why? Did God allow Satan to come into this garden? Is God really being as good to us as he's saying he is? Is he leaving something out? Or are we missing something here? When we read of the Garden of Eden, we might as well be standing in the Garden of Eden. And I'm telling you, you've got to learn from the Garden of Eden. Or even learn from you know choices and stuff, the consequences that's <laughs> happened in our life. But what I was getting at is when we read the Bible we're all making a choice of the tree of life or the tree of knowledge the pride of man wants to plant and sow all these questions in his mind of well if god was such a good god he never would have done this he never would have done that oh it shouldn't have been this way he could have done it that way but they want to plant
0: they want to blame god but the fact they is, they all it,
1: want to take a bite if, of the wrong tree still is what I'm
0: saying. Go ahead. If, but if every human if everybody who lived, who's alive now and who has lived would just trust God, it wouldn't be in the mess we're not. That's, that's what I'm saying.
1: We're all making this we're making an Adam and Eve choice. Every one of us. We're all doing the same thing. We're all doing it. And the message of the Bible is quit doing that and trust God. He put the tree there because it was good that the tree was there. He let Satan come because it was a necessary thing for a product
0: of good. I mean, we just have to trust in God. I never thought about that because he had to allow Satan and say, okay, I'm letting you go in there. Kind of like how he said, okay, have you considered my servant Job? I'm letting you. You can do everything but kill him. And in the end, Turned out, Job learned a lot, and and everybody throughout history has learned a lot. <laughs> we have learned
1: a lot from Job.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't
1: even count how. I mean, Job's benefit to humanity has been un, un, It's
0: immeasurable. Plus, at the end of Job's life, he was insanely blessed. Yeah, he was very blessed. The great So yeah, yeah. that just kind of shows what what in the moment or even afterwards can seem like a terrible thing or a terrible idea. Is going to work out for the good. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and people, atheist type, you know, unbelieving type, or even Christians, so-called, they come to the Bible and they read something and they're like, uh-oh, I don't like what that said. That makes me think God is not this, or what if God that, or what if God's hiding something, or what if the end ain't going to be
0: like he said? Well, all you have to do is trust him. Yeah, Just trust him. Just, okay, I don't understand.
1: Yeah, you just trust him.
0: Because it's just kind of off topic, but it's like atheists. They, they're always saying, what about the problem of evil? Why, if there's if there's a God, a good God, why does he let so much evil go on? But then on the other hand, they're saying... They're sitting there as they say that too, and they're chewing on the fruit
1: of the tree of knowledge of good and well, evil. They're sitting there eating this apple. <laughs> why does God allow that to happen? <laughs>
0: it's like, wait a minute, you're the one doing this. To- I'm sorry, go ahead. But on the <laughs> other hand... You take, they they look at that story in the Bible where uh, God tells, who was it? God had a certain people kill, was it the Canaanites?
1: Yeah, it was during the wars of Joshua. And there yeah. were several, they uh, so like, killed people of
0: Jericho. And they're like complaining and they're saying, why don't he do nothing about the evil? But those people were sick. They were they would put babies on burning hot pieces of metal and then play loud music so the parents can't hear the the children screaming. As they sacrifice them to their false gods, it's okay. So God says, "I'll stop these super wicked people." Well, they don't like that. I won't stop these super wicked people. They don't like that either. It's just that's the deal all the way through the Bible. Look at it and say, you know, I may not understand why He did that, but I'm going to trust Him because I'm not. I'm not God. I'm, I'm mortal. I make mistakes every day. Yeah. Not only am I not God, but God is good. God is good. I don't care who
1: says he isn't good, and I don't care how the world is going. I don't care how my world is going. I said it the other day. If I die young, tragically, painfully, God is still good. That doesn't change God's goodness. And you're right. All through the scripture, what we see is that the mind of fallen man, God can't win with that dude. Dude. It's like, why don't you destroy wickedness? Okay, well, for me to do that, I'm gonna to have to kill every man, woman, and child because every one of y'all is wicked. So he kills them all. How could you kill every man, woman, and child? Well, because I was destroying wickedness. Now we don't, suddenly it's like he said, well, it's like Jesus said. He gave a story of the children in the streets or whatever, and they say, we piped to you, but you have not mourned. So we danced for you, and you wouldn't be happy. Basically, the illustration is or well Jesus said it of himself he said oh, if I come with uh, drinking wine or whatever you say he's a wine bibber and a publican if I come and I drink no wine you're like Oh, he's holier than thou it's mm-hmm. like I can't I can't possibly win with you guys I can't make you happy if you, if you know you want me to laugh you want me to be happier so I laugh and you're like oh he's never mourns with us and so I mourn and you, can, you can't make the people happy and that's what I was trying to say when we come to the Bible, I'm going to say this and then we'll close. We've been talking like 35 minutes. You've got to realize every time you come to the Bible, you're, you're taken of the tree of life or you're taken of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's whatever mindset you're bringing to the table. When we come to the Bible and we doubt God's goodness by saying, well, why did he let Satan in? Well, suddenly you're immediately trusting in your own logic and your own wisdom and you're measuring your mind against the mind of God and saying, I think my mind is better. I think what it, I would have done is better.
0: All you got to do is look around at the world we live in and say, and you can, it's just obvious. Men are not God because the world's a mess. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, men are not God. And if you let a man be God, everything would fall to pieces in the first day. So, yes. When we come to the scriptures, when we're making a choice to believe God or not to believe, that was the same choice of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, to believe or not to believe. That's your, to believe in my goodness, Adam, to believe in my love, Adam. And Adam, I have done every possible thing you can imagine to show you that I love you. First of all, I made you, I didn't have to. I made you in my own image, I didn't have to. I breathed the breath of life into you, I didn't have to. I gave you this planet Earth, I didn't have to. I created these animals for you, I didn't have to. I made a marriage Eve. covenant, yeah. Eve, for you. Didn't have to. I also put in the midst of the garden a tree of life.
0: I didn't have to do that. Also made a way to save you from your sin.
1: I did it all. Yeah. Didn't have to. Now, all I want you to do is trust that. And for me to know that you trust it, I'm going to give you a
0: choice. You can have a bite of this fruit or not. And he takes a bite. Know, so. And then it says, and then well, not him, but other people. After all that, it says, No. I don't believe in God because how could a good God do so-and-so? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: So there you go. That's the message I wanted to get out there of the tree
0: of knowledge of good and
1: evil. The tree was real. The fruit was real. Adam really took a real piece of fruit, but you're taking an allegorical one every time you choose to believe in God or to not believe in God. You're doing, you're making the same choices. You're just not holding the real piece of fruit. And so put your faith in God in all situations. In the promises of God in all situations. Whether we die young, Jesus died young. Did that make that mean God wasn't good? No, it actually meant he was. <laughs> he sent his own son to die painfully and tragically. Does that mean God wasn't good? No. That actually was still showing his goodness. So no matter how bad your life gets, don't ever abandon the goodness or trust and God, don't ever take a bite of that tree and think, hmm, yeah, maybe God's depriving me of something. Maybe I should go my own route. Maybe I should go my own way. That's all i got to say. You got anything to add to that?
0: Well, generally, when you feel like God's depriving you and you try to find what it is that you thought God was holding you back from, it's going to bring you a lot more pain than you expect.
1: Yes and every time satan is lying to you telling you something most likely he's robbing you like he told mm-hmm. he told eve oh no god knows you'll be like god she was already as close to god like as she
0: ever would be she was a t- she was going to live forever you know I yeah, mean, if you could put that eve in this world people would worship her
1: yeah she yeah she was perfect health never age perfect beauty live eternal And he's promising her she's going to be like God. However, the truth was, in that moment before she ate of the fruit, she was as much Godlike as she would ever be, and what he promised her is actually the very thing she lost. That's a perfect example. Yeah, she lost what he promised. She had it, and he stole it from her through lies and deceit. All right, that's all I got to say. You good? I'm good. All right, we'll see y'all. See y'all.